is planning on attending, at least that I've received registrations for is logged in. So it is 604. I think we probably get the meeting started. Absolutely. So what should the first item, let me see an item on the agenda. So, so I will um, begin if it's okay, uh, Sanjay, with just our um, communication about our modified meeting procedures. Okay. So this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, and I want to provide a few reminders to ensure the provisions of the Kansas Open Meetings Act are followed while COVID uh, while following COVID nineteen procedures. Uh, board members and other participants must state their names and titles each time they speak. Various members of city staff are present um, via Zoom or in the uh, in the audience here in person. Um, we must also state our names and titles when we speak. All motions need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on board members individually to provide their vote. The chair will then announce whether or not the motion carried as well as a count of the vote. The agenda for this meeting provided instructions for how to submit public comment and how it would be handled. Um, we did receive uh, um, at least um, one uh, correspondence uh, which should be attached to tonight's agenda. And I know that we have at least one member of the public joining us um, by Zoom this evening. Uh, so the chair will call for in-person public comment um, for anybody without access to technology options. Um, if people are uh, present, then we will uh, direct them to the, to the podium to speak. Um, and uh, I'll let you know, uh, Sanjay, if anybody does show up and would like to speak. Um, so finally, I just want to remind everyone to please mute yourselves when you're not speaking. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. And our first uh, duty is to welcome a new member, Mr. Miner. Mr. Miner, you want to introduce yourself to the board? Sorry, this is not in person, but at least virtually we get to know you. And thank you for coming on board. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Uh, I'm James. Well, once let me start. I'm James Miner. I'm very happy to be on this board. I'm very glad to uh, you all selected me. I have been a Lawrence resident for more than uh, almost 45 years. Uh, I am a Washburn Ichabod graduate. Uh, my uh, current line of work or my past line of work, I think is a good fit for this type of position. I am skilled and knowledgeable in federal regulations, corporate regu regulations, all different types of things, whether it be quality and uh, project management, process management. I have been, uh, my past public uh, experience, I was on the Community Development Advisory Board for uh, several years, probably about almost five years. And it was a very uh, enjoyable experience. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, we went through all the details of Coma and Cora, uh, just like this board is. And I look forward to bringing a positive element to this, uh, to the decisions made here today. Thank you, board. Oh, this is Vice Chair Sanjay Mishra. Thank you, board member Miner. Thank you and welcome to the board. Thank you. 
So the second item on the agenda is for us to approve the minutes from the April 14th meeting. Any corrections? Then do we have a motion, please? Go, Marie. Board member Marie Taylor, I make a motion to approve the minutes. A second, please. You'll have to speak up, Board Member Santos. Uh, this is Board Member Santos, second. And I will call on people on my screen in the order. So, <coughs> Board members, Board Member Salvini. This is Board Member Salvini. Aye. Board Member Minor, aye. Board Member Santos, Board Member Santos, aye. Board Member Taylor, how do you raise a hand? And Board Member, Board Member Murray, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I wanted to respond to Michael. We will come to you. Mr. Ravi, just a second. We are approving the minutes for our last meeting. Board member Marie Taylor, aye. Board member Littleton. Uh, board member Littleton, I'll abstain. I was not present. Okay. And board member Mishra, aye. So we have five and one abstain. Is that on record, Brandon? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So now for the public comment, I'm supposed to read the public comment language. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for helping me. Mm -hmm. So this is board member Mishra. The public is allowed to speak at public comment after being, after first being recognized by the chair, except that any complaints or comments regarding individually identifying uh, identifiable officers are not allowed. Rather, any such comments or complaints may be provided to the board in writing, and the board will forward such comment or complaint to the appropriate person within the Lawrence Police Department. The board may establish reasonable limitations on the allowable length of public comment. As a general practice, the board will not discuss these items, nor will it make decisions on items presented during this time. So with that, Brandon, do we invite public comment? Yes. And so this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, anybody participating by Zoom, uh, if you would like to speak, please raise your hand virtually or um, turn your camera on to let us know. And I see um, Alex Kerr. How do I turn my camera on? God dang it. Uh, may I uh, do public comment or? Mr. Kerr, yes, you are recognized. Okay. Uh, hello, good evening. Uh, I am the chair of the Civic Engagement Commission and a member of the public. Uh, so I'd like to provide an update about my whereabouts uh, 
mostly because I've not been um, with the, uh, at these meetings for the past couple of months. Uh, so based on, uh, basically, the community members of Lawrence, Kansas, created a commission called the Civic Engagement Commission uh, to help basically these advisory boards and city. Uh, Alex? Yeah, yes. Sorry, you, your audio cut out there for about the last 10 seconds. Uh, do you know? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so what I'm saying is basically community members of Lawrence, Kansas created a commission uh, called the Civic Engagement Commission to basically um, help advisory boards and the city commission uh, decide on items with proper information and community engagement. And one of the items was for the Civic Engagement Commission was to investigate this board in the Lawrence Police Department and learn, and learn more about this board's role. And uh, first off, or I just want to say there's no bad blood between us, uh, but what we investigated for four months was that one, there has been major problems with account accountability between Lawrence, Kansas police leadership and community members. And two, the community police review board has not been completely focused on the community at large. More or less, this board has been focused on itself and not asking the community what they think about this board and its role. Uh, uh, at this point in time, I feel like this board is kind of screwed, but you keep on doing it. Uh, but it's taken a very, very long time for um, items to get passed to the city commission or, um, yeah. And I, I know this board has been working hard on these items. Uh, but it, it's taking a long time, and I understand it, but the community is kind of being impatient. I'll put it into that way. That's all I have. Uh, thank you, uh, 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 board members. Thank you, Mr. Kerr. Now, I will recognize Mr. Ravi for public comments. Thank you, board member Mishra, and I apologize for interrupting. I'm new to the YouTube, which is why, I, or new to the thing, which is why I usually do these in person. Um, the reason I wanted to speak tonight is that we have a complete disconnect between the citizens and the police as far as what the understanding of the OPA process should be and what it is. I've published a couple videos that outline the actions of the police on the street and the reactions of the Office of Professional Accountability. And I think that the board should have enough in those videos to start asking some questions of the Lawrence Police Department and finding out why accountability is conducted in conversations and there's no documentation, why accountability is handled at the patrol level, why accountability means that officers are exonerated for behavior that is blatant. We literally have officers that would threaten 
false charges. I walked down to the uh, law enforcement center and stood in the parking lot of the law enforcement center during shift change. And I read the law enforcement code of ethics. For that, we were told that we were looking for anything arrestable, stalking, harassment, anything. This was Sergeant Byrne, Sergeant Mike Byrne. And he said blatantly that he was looking for anything arrestable and that the department was looking for anything arrestable. OPA, Troy Squire, I believe his exact quote was, I'm fine with Sergeant Byrne running interference and I'll be fine with it tomorrow. Mr. Ravi, may I just remind you to keep the personal names out of your uh, public comment? So I apologize, yeah. sir, but these are individuals that actually committed these items. And if I can't bring them, their names to the commission, then what is the point? Because we need to have accountability and it's not all the officers. There's a lot of officers out there that are doing a good job and I can name them as well. But if we can't bring the problem officers by name to the commission and to the, uh, and, and publicly and talk about it, especially when it's on video, that kind of offended me. And I'm sorry, I don't mean any disrespect, but we need to be able to talk about this. And that's the problem. We're not talking about it. So Mr. Ravi, this is again, board member Mishra. I don't want to get in a conversation, but as board procedures uh, enumerate, uh, it said rather any such comments or complaints may be provided to the board in writing and the board will work with them. So we, we absolutely value your input, but rather than putting out the names publicly, if you wanted to share with us those names in a written complaint, very happy to take it. Having said that, uh, if there is more you want to share with us, please. Um, I'm really not sure because uh, after those comments, I I honestly, I honestly am not sure if I'm wasting my time here, sir. I guess I'm done. So, Mr. Ravi, I. Again, I would. Uh, I'm going to continue to watch, but I'm I'm done speaking because I don't feel like my words are appreciated. So I'll, I'll watch, no, but have a good night. I, I'm I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm not Justin Spees, guys. I could be acting like Justin Spees. Do you realize that? I could be doing that. I'm not that guy. And I'm going to turn my video back on because I want to see. I want you to see my face. I am not that guy. I am very committed to seeing that we no longer have police officers assaulting people on our streets. These aren't people I know. I've never met these people. I've talked to one of them. I, I'm sorry, but this is a very sensitive issue with me because of what I've witnessed and what I personally experienced and what I personally experienced from the police department for calling it out. And by God, we've got to have some kind of change around here. And if OPA isn't going to do it, then we need to rely on you or the city commission to do it. 
And I'm sorry for being so direct and so emotional about this, but this hit a spot for me. I have filmed so much crap that's gone on in this town in the last couple of years, and I feel like I'm being ignored. I am not Justin Spees. I will not stop. I've incorporated what I do. It's registered with the state. It's not going away. I'm consulting lawyers. I'm going to sue this town if we don't stop this. I'm not wanting to sue this town. I've repeatedly said I don't want to do that. But I will sue this town if there's nobody that's going to step up and change this. I will continue to watch, sir. Thank you for listening, and I apologize for being a little emotional. No, no, Mr. Eravi, that's absolutely, and I think I speak on behalf of the board in that we value public comment and interaction, and we want to make sure that this is a fair and equitable process so that if, if you believe uh, about your complaint, then may I request that you submit it in writing so that we can then discuss it further. Thank you, Mr. Ira. Then any, Brandon, any further comments? I, I, I believe that is all of the participants on Zoom, and we have uh, no participants um, in the audience. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. So then on moving on to the agenda item D, do we work with uh, the draft report first before we get a report from the chief of police. We don't see him. We don't see the chief here. Somebody else, Brandon, because I thought that could happen quicker than, but we will stay with agenda item one, then. Okay. D1. Yes, um, this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Uh, we, we wanted to, um, since we left off um, on this item at the end of the last meeting and we did not get to the third item uh, that was on the agenda in the last meeting, we went ahead and ordered those first um, since that's old business and then uh, put the new business later um, in the meeting. But I think those will be pretty brief reports. Board member, board member Littleton. This board member, uh, Stephanie Littleton, um, Sanjay, if I may, I just would like to make a comment real quick since I was not here for the meeting last month um, regarding uh, former board member Jane Gibson's resignation. And I just wanted to, I just really want to say thank you so much to her for her relentless three and a half years of service. So I just kind of wanted to put that on the record because I did not get to put that on the record. But Want to say that? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Board Member Little. So, Brendan, did we decide you want to go one, two, three? Yes. So, our discussion now is about the CPRB Work Group Draft Charter Draft. Who wants to open the discussion? Okay. I recognize board member Littleton and then I'll come to board member Santos. Okay, this board member Stephanie Littleton. Um, 
If we may, I just would like to go back to the section number three under project expectations and scope of work. Once again, since I wasn't present to speak to it, but just one little thing that I would like to, for a minor little bit of a discussion under number six, where it says assess and make recommendations regarding the CPRB's role. I prefer that it say something to the effect of and or, um, and not necessarily kind of put us in a box where we have to pick one of these roles, if that's possible. I know that I watched the video that y'all had changed this from the last call and took off some of that sentence. And I'm just suggesting us not limit to one of these roles. I feel pretty strongly my own perception or you know, perspective anyway, I guess, is that there are three distinctions that are going to be really important for us to, to consider, but obviously the stakeholder group will, will make that decision. But one is to review police policies and practices to provide advice to the police department, city manager, and the city commission, and to exercise our oversight of police community relations and, and then some. So with that being said, if if anybody is not opposed, just leaving that more open so we could have a choice of one, two, or three versus just one. So this is board member Mishra. So board member Littleton, which aspect? So this number six is what we are looking at. Yes. And you wanted to add language to it? Yeah, I mean, if it's and or, or um, I think Marie's got an idea here, so I'm open to suggestion. Marie Taylor, board member, so technically or is not exclusive, so it doesn't exclude that either any of those could, could come into play, but I understand the concern. Um, so I think you're just saying, uh, board member Littleton, just write the word A and, A and D slash O, R, right? So there's no doubt that, that it could be some combination of any of those. Correct, yeah. Okay. That's what I think. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Just so, you know, other stakeholders, when they look at it, they, this board member Littleton, they don't think it's that we're looking to pick one of these. So quick clarification, this is board member Mishra for a clarification question for Brendan. At this point, if for these edits, we are not seeking motions. That's correct. I don't believe uh, motions are needed unless, you know, unless you're sensing um, split opinions about these sorts of things, but I don't think we have to be that, you know, that formal about it. Thank you. Thank you. So then we can edit it and add an end also. Is that reasonable? Thank you, board member Littleton. So now may I recognize board member Santos, please? Yes, I just note that I agree with the proposed change as I think others have signaled their agreement, so. But, uh, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in our 
late night meeting the last month that we left off talking about the number and voting capacity of members of the community appointed by the city commission. And I wanted to go back further than that and ask if someone knows how we got to the point that two things occurred. One, I never heard in the city commission's comments that they expected the board to come back to them with this formality of, oh, would you approve what we came up with? I thought that they had said, you know, work with the groups, come up with something, and that is the way we'd like you to proceed. Secondly, the idea of, I'm not sure where it came from, but the commission has already appointed the members of this board to ask them to appoint five more people in the capacity of community representatives seems to be at best redundant. My recollection of what the consultant said was the board and the police department in its capacity of trying to find out how best to proceed with the future authority of the board should reach out to the community, but not necessarily to say, oh yes, we're appointing these people and they have the appointment power of the city commission. All of those steps will lead to more bureaucracy, more delay, and more opportunity to slow down what we're trying to achieve here. Why did the work group think it was important to have the city commission formally select and appoint members to this work group when the when the uh, board itself has the authority to ask members of the community to provide their input without authorizing them or if they wanted to authorize them to to have a vote on the group so my first question is can we not avoid some of the bureaucracy of trying to bring another layer of bureaucracy into the work group when we're trying to move forward as quickly as possible by one, taking the additional time to ask the commission members to appoint someone and then to acknowledge that formally in some fashion. Why not eliminate that from this document and simply say that the board work group is going to engage five members of the community and allow them to participate at whatever level there is. I just don't see any purpose in adding another layer of formality. And that formality, in my opinion, is going to trigger legal requirements under the open meetings laws. So if anyone knows, and I'm sure there is someone that knows, 
how we got from this idea of a consultant saying, oh, you should work at trying to create a group that can do this work to saying, let's go back to the commission and have the commission select people and go through that additional bureaucratic process. I saw Board Member Taylor. Board Member Taylor, yeah. you're Board Member Marie Taylor. So this is what the City Commission, in my my recollection, is what they wanted. They actually want this, what you're calling bureaucracy, but they also want to have this formalized process of having community members, not the board, be involved. And it and it it came from the CityGate report. That's how it was written. But I think that this is the way that it would actually be implemented. I don't think there's any other way to do it but through an appointment process mm -hmm. through this task force. So that's how I read the CityGate and that's how I that's my reading of the the sentiment that uh the commission offered when this was presented to them. Our situation was presented to them. That's my recollection. Board Member Santos, you're recognized. Board Member Santos, my review and look at that meeting, and I've looked at it several times, is that the commission never acted as a body. It never said, oh, this is the commission's direction. There were members of the commission who said, oh, here's how I see it. And other people said, here's how I see it. If we rely upon the individualized comments of members of the commission, we could probably find some support for almost any procedure. But what I do not understand why we think it's necessary to be so formal about taking that step of going back to the board or, I mean, to the commission, or why are we even taking this document back to the commission? You know, why not say the board and the police department and the work group that was proposed and uh, recommended by the consultant have chosen to, to do it this way. And then after that work is done, take that to the commission. Okay, anybody else? Brandon, you have an opinion? Um, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, I'd, I'd defer to uh, Tanya and Stephanie to weigh in if they'd like to right now. Um, otherwise, I can provide some thoughts. This, this is board member Stephanie Littleton. I, I wanna say I recall is what Marie said. Um, that they were wanting a more formal process, you know, the city commission does. But I'm not sure that that's all accurate. You know, it, it really kind of seems to have gotten washed up in this process. Uh, maybe the expectation that this is what we should do. And I really like, Michael, what you're proposing. I, I don't know if this is, if it's, if it's truly an expectation by the city commission. Um, but what I do know and what I like what I'm hearing from you, Michael, is that we need to move this forward and we do we need to do it now. We needed it six months ago. And I think time is of the essence. 
if we could flip that quickly, I would be okay with it, but I'm not sure that that's the case. And is that gonna put us back again when we go to the city commission and then say, okay, we don't like this. So I'm open to what obviously um, Brandon and the city is going to allow, right? But I like what you're saying because we just need to move on. We, we need to move this forward. Board member Salvini, yes. Board member Salvini, thank you. Um, I am in agreement with um, Board Member Santos and uh, uh, and Stephanie, I uh, I'm I do have a question, uh, Brandon, for you, um, and I'm wondering about um, and I'm thinking about the language, and I don't have the report right in front of me, uh, but it was it was referred to as a work group, correct, from the uh, CityGate report? Yes, yes, working group. Right, and and so in terms of a working group. Um, that's different than a task force, and um, it, it and uh, again, I don't know what the formalities are with the city, but it seems as if a work group is a is an ad hoc group that comes together um, and and works on a project and when and developing a project and when they're done with it, uh, the sustainability of the work of that is defined within their work, correct? Um, and so it it wouldn't. Um, so to me, calling it a work group as opposed to a task force, and I'm just, again, just talking about this right now, um, makes it less formal. And then I'm wondering about what that means in terms of the um, uh, formality of the open meeting laws. Good member Santos. Uh, two quick things. Um, I don't remember the name of the person who spoke uh, in the public comments of this meeting, but I do remember their last comment was from in whatever capacity he is speaking about the community, that the community is becoming impatient. As best I can tell, if we try to move this through the formality of the city commission, participating in some sort of appointment and acknowledgement of where the board is at on this work group task force, it will be at a minimum three more months. And that that is just, you know, another enormous impediment to having confidence that the board is actually moving forward. You know, I just don't see that another three months and going through that formality is going to achieve some value that would offset the delay in trying to move forward quickly. And I would again tell you if you ask the if you ask the city commission, the elected officials in this city to participate, you are engaging in legal issues concerning the open meetings laws. So, but again, I'm just saying my point of view from the very beginning with this document has been try to move it forward as quickly as possible so we can do work and not talk about the finer points of how we're going to do it. Go, go, board member Littleton. 
Sure, this board member Littleton, I'm just going to piggyback for a second on what Michael's saying. Um, I think it's important to and not commenting directly to the public comment today, but but the points made by both um, well put that the sense of urgency of where we need to get to is there, you know, about the accountability, how the process with the complaints is, is being handled, which we've not really ever known because we've not been disclosed, but putting all that uh, forward, we just have a sense of urgency to get to get there and get this done. So this is board member Mishram and my comments are more in line with what board member Taylor said. And granted this will slow the process down, but if I look at the IAP2 public participation spectrum, that's one thing we were usable. We were faulted on, criticized on, or we were said we didn't do it right enough, is we tried to do, and I think we did involve, this gets to the collaborate part of it. It still doesn't get to the empower part of it, but at least gets to the collaborate part of it. So we have maybe three months late, but we will have a solution that will be accepted by more of the people if the process works like it's supposed to. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, uh, I totally agree with you, Vice Chair, um, because I I feel as if we if we had gone back and revisited with the board even a progress I mean uh, to the commission with a progress report on where we were six months earlier it would not have kept us going on the path that we were going that they later on dis in my in my opinion they disapproved of. And I don't think they were satisfied with our act, our, uh, our activities in terms of getting community support. I thought we did a great job, but we, the, the kinds of comments that we received, I think they wanted to take a different approach with. And so I think that in this instance, it, we may think we're saving time, but if we pick the wrong solution uh, and we pick uh, who we think should be the community members who, who should participate, uh, who are not us, um, and not give them a hand in that selection process that it could come back and and slow us down even further. That's my that is my my worry is that we would actually be in in trying to save time that we'd actually um, disrupt our own and 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 um, dis disrupt our own plans. I, I think they do I think they do want to be more involved and they do treat us as and see us as an advisory board in this instance. Board Member Santos. Yes, I can see that there is value in trying to get some formality into the selection of these uh, members of the community and the representation as deeply into the community as we can. But since I've been on the board, the biggest complaint of this board and the, and really the biggest complaint about the consultant even having input into where the board is at was, look, we did all this work and now you're stepping in here and creating a situation where we have to stop doing this. And as someone said so elegantly, oh, making us start over again. Every member of the community that I've heard speak are talking about 
it's been years. What have you done? What is it? And I, I don't know because, I, and I would remind everyone, there is no direction from the, the uh, commission, the elected officials, unless they act as a group. Having comments from individual members is not formal direction in any fashion. And so you can take that, but you know, you're just taking what a person said. They cannot act as individuals. They can only act as a commission. And, you know, I guess my last comment on, on it is, I'm just a member of this group, but my priority is moving the work of the board forward so that as someone said tonight, we're not continuing to work through all of these bureaucratic processes and that we feel like we are doing the work of the board that was appointed. So that's really my last comment on it. This is board member. Okay, come to you, board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, I, I just want to make it clear that I, I feel the, the, the same way in terms of frustration, in terms of feeling like this is bureaucratic process, but um, but I but at the same time, I think I have to be realistic about what has happened in the past, and that I and that I I'm not pleased with what happened with CityGate, but I but we have to move forward with the way with it with the direction that at least I feel that we have it may not be through the uh, a formal vo vote of the commission but I think we had enough uh voices of concern about the direction we had taken and we are an advisory board so I, I do feel like we still have to follow some whatever kind of uh um adjustments they've made to the charge that was given to us back in 2020. Thank you, Board Member Taylor. Any other thoughts? Vice Chair, if I may. Yes, yes. Brandon. Assistant City Manager yeah, thank, thank you. Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, one option maybe the board members might want to consider is, uh, you know, if, if this, so the intent of this proposal or the intent is to take this proposal um, once the police review board finally blesses it to the city commission um, and to, to make sure that uh, they have a chance to provide their feedback um, about the proposal so that when this work group is finally formed, everybody's completely on the same page or as much as possible about how it's, you know, about expectations, how the work's going to be conducted, et cetera. And so um, one thing you might consider is, uh, is presenting an option on this. You know, one would be uh, to not um, appoint the five community members and uh, you know and a second option would be uh, to appoint the five community members and you can um, we can give them some talking points about the pros and cons of each approach um, and so that may be an option uh, so that we don't have, you know you, you don't have to make a decision tonight and try to read the minds of the commissioners um, in a couple of weeks when this is presented to them but instead you can uh, engage them in that conversation Brandon, and thinking aloud, I was also going to say that uh, extra option or request maybe, because I think if you hear the board, one of the things is speed of action mm -hmm. is becoming an issue here. 
And if we can, if we are, if they want to appoint five members, if you can set a uh, fast track appointment of five members yeah. instead of three months, if it is a week, that that's uh, five six weeks safe, and we got uh, buy-in from the community, so that may help. And and I'm sure the city commission also wants to move on and and work it done with the board. So absolutely, good points. Any other comments, any thoughts? So do we need to do that? Does the working group have a sense of what the board wants to suggest there? Yes, no, Brandon? Yes, board member Santos? From my point of view, I'm perfectly satisfied if the board is comfortable with Brandon presenting some sort of uh, options mm -hmm. that can be uh, somehow inserted into the document. So the commission sees that there might be a couple of ways to proceed if that's okay with the rest of the board. Mm -hmm. So we could present it, it could be presented this way, um, just as option one and then an alternative of, of not um, selecting the five community members. Board member Santos. The only thing, Brandon, that I think might be more appropriate is it's not a choice of whether there should be five community members. Mm -hmm. The choice is whether or not you want to go through the formality and bureaucracy of the commission participating in that process mm -hmm. and formalizing it, or does the commission simply want the board, as I thought they said, to make sure you get the correct level of participation for members of the community? I mean, the board has the ability to select and identify those people as well as the commission does. So I'm just saying not that they that your language is to not appoint community members, but how you should what process you should use in doing so. Understood. So if I may try to edit it, what I heard board member Santos say, yes, the CPRB could select five community members. Because if I was I was getting a little antsy, this is board member Mishra, sorry. That, that if we took those five community members out, then the strength of the group becomes seven. And even now it's an even even number group. So I I don't know about that, but yes, at least uh, it keeps the body to a reasonable size. So does this language uh, in green, does that look acceptable? 
So may I, this is board member Mishra, I know this language is acceptable, but if it comes back to us to do this, how will we execute? Go ahead, board member Santos. Board member Santos, well, first of all, I have some sense, even though I don't know everyone personally on the board, that each of the board members has some contact with, relationship with, uh, history with those groups that we have identified as being either underrepresentative or not having a voice to the extent that others might, and that the board itself is capable as the commission in identifying those people. And then secondly, that the city's news community newsletter could, uh, for the uh, benefit of the board, identify that we're interested in seeing if there's anyone out that is particularly interested. But I think there's a fairly, um, quick way of doing it. Thank you, Board Member Santos. Thank you. I, my only, again, Board Member Mishra, my only comment on this is, if you view the commission as the community and we bring them to participate and empower, I'm using the same uh, guidelines, IAP2 guidelines of participation, then we need to give them, I know they have done it by putting us on the board, but this is the second level that you give them an opportunity to participate once again into the working of the development of the board. Yes, board member Minor, I saw your hand up. Uh, yes, this is board member Minor. Uh, I'm struggling to understand uh, where we're at in regards to uh, the comments that's been going on. Is the focus on uh, selecting uh, five more members or is it to focus on selecting when we should select those five members? Because it sounds like we're uh, on the fence about certain areas here and we're talking about the different community people that we may want to bring on here and things of that nature. At the same time, I'm hearing that we're questioning uh, the city commission's influence in regards to selecting those people. Uh, help, me, help me better understand uh, where we're at on this topic. Go, board member Santos. Board member Santos, I just want to be clear. I don't have and didn't intend any comment that I've ever made to suggest that uh, the city commission's influence or how they see any additional uh, participation by other members of the community is the concern. I am only focused on the temporal issues associated with this process and that I told the chief, I want to be alive when this thing gets done. You know, it's, I don't want to have this thing going into 2023 and we're still fighting our way through bureaucracy and 
it is a fact if you have to take it to the commission. I'm just saying taking it to the commission is a bureaucratic three-month process to get to the point where you're going to get someone where you can say, here's our new five people. So I, I, don't, I don't have any concern about how they might influence picking another five. I'd be perfectly okay with that. Board member Littleton. This is board member Littleton. James, what we're really trying to just do is look at like what Brandon has written in there is just an alternative to move the process along. Um, would that be a better choice versus going through the formality of what the city commission would do? Um, we're not opposed to the city commission selecting. It's just a matter of how fast can we move through the process? Uh, and just this board member, go ahead, board member Minor. Yeah, this is board member Minor. Um, yeah, that 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 makes it clear if we want to whatever options we have. And the, the key thing is, is that as a group, if we uh, go down that path, we hold to it. And but we also should, when we're going in front of the city commission, have a good reason for why we went down that path. And uh, I think that would help these from my experience that would help with the city commission is if we're very uh, definitive and solid in our recommendation as to uh, the five community members and how we want to choose it or we want the city commission to choose them or vice versa. But if we have a strict uh, uh, uni uh, uniform decision, I think that would make the uh, process go a, little, a lot smoother. Board member Littleton. This board member Littleton, I completely agree, James. I think whomever would be presenting from our board as we brought this to the city commission, it'd be a great opportunity to convey, we're not opposed to you, but here's what we're proposing or help, you know, is it possible, can you move this faster? And that's really what it's all about. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, would it be possible to vote on this proposed change to the this the, to their charter? And the reason why is um, because I think that if unless we're going to propose exactly how we think we would go about do, having a fair process for selecting the, the members from diverse communities, and we can present that along with this as the, one of the a, a viable option. I don't think we're going to save any time because we'll have to then figure out the logistics of how we do that and how and then do the vote. And I think we'll, it'll take us three meetings. And so I don't I, I don't I don't think we can avoid the bureau, bureaucracy of the process because we here we are. It's, the whole thing's been bureaucratic. Um, and so I think if we leave it in the hands of the commission to use the processes they already have in place for how they go about selecting uh, people to serve on various task force or advisory boards, they have a process in place. They'll put it on their agendas. And I think it will happen a lot faster than us trying to then devise a, a process ourselves that again that i think that they are going to over i think they're going to overrule us on it anyway i think they would want to have a say in who's who are the extra people who now get a, a seat at the table 
So that that's I would like to vote if that's possible, Brandon. Board member Littleton first, and then board member Santos, and then board member Mike. I guess my hand goes up faster, huh? Oh, um, and, and I get what Marie's saying. I mean, I think ultimately we all, we all want to get to the same place and move it as fast as we can. And, and maybe that's true. We really can't get past this formality. Um, maybe ultimately we need to not make this such a big issue necessarily have to do a vote and just make sure that whoever presents this that we convey you know the sense of urgency i mean ask that we get some kind of a, if we can get some kind of a timeline to move that along because i do think that as i kind of take a step back and think about it i don't know that i want to necessarily be bringing i don't want to be i want it more neutral i guess is what i want to say for these appointments than from our board and that's where I would feel more comfortable of being neutral to that selection. Thank you, board member Littleton. Board member Santos and then board member Minor and board member Savine. I'm not opposed to a vote, but if there is going to be a vote, I would propose a motion that is not tied to Brandon's highlighted changes, but more clearly to the ability to avoid the bureaucracy of the process. And, uh, but I don't disagree if there's some way to avoid it, that we could come up with some language that makes it clear, you know, what we're trying to do is to avoid having another three months of procedures. I mean, we can ask Brandon, but I don't know what the commission's agenda is in the next three months, but I'm fairly certain that whatever it is, it is a situation where the ability to get in, have a vote, if the vote is for the commission to do those appointments, take the time for the commission to have a thoughtful ability to do that, get those people on board to the work group, it will surely be fall of this year. Okay, board member Minor. Uh, this is board member Minor. I am for the uh, city commission choosing uh, the five members. Uh, for this reason, uh, they may be looking at it from a perspective of demographics. Uh, other things that we don't hear, have not heard maybe from this board in regards to uh, certain criteria. Uh, we may, maybe we should recommend that we work in conjunction uh, with the city commission and put a uh, timeline instead of three months, uh, we say in two months. Although all those types of uh, uh, requirements to move the board along, instead of saying it's going to be three months, maybe four months, we we establish a time frame that we want to have those five members on the board. So before I come to you, Tanya, my comment to board member Miner's statement agreed that the group that ultimately should decide how quickly we should execute this 
is to the city commission. So if they think this should take six months, let it take six months. If they think it should take a week, they will make a decision within a week. This is their task. We are an advisory body. So I would defer to them. And they are elected bodies. I would defer to them to make the best decision for the community. Come to you, uh, board member Salvini, and then board member Santos. This is board member Salvini. Um, thank you, colleagues. I've, I've listened uh, very carefully to what uh, you've uh, been saying, and I'm I I am firm and being comfortable in having the the city commission make the decision they have the protocols in place in place um etc and and so i um i'm apt just to let you know to uh move in that direction and not look at uh option a i do believe in in reading it and thinking about it with good intent to expedite um a whole set of unintended circumstances uh would occur that i agree with uh, board member taylor would uh extend the length of time and 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 cause um cause uh, some uh stress <laughs> board member board member santos yes uh well having heard uh, my fellow board members comments you know that i don't think there's a need for a motion unless someone else does i'm perfectly happy with the language that's currently in there if that's the general consensus of the board but i'd point out in 40 years of being a city attorney anyone that believes that the political process of an elected commission can be expedited because they say they want to is pure fantasy i mean they they don't have the ability to move forward quickly if they put all of their minds to it, it's just not the nature of the elected political process. But, you know, I have no problem if you guys want to do it that way. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor. Uh, I, I just want to also bring another point um, uh, into discussion on this is that part if we recall why Citygate we Citygate wanted others who were not us and not the police department and not the police uh associate police officers association to be involved and so I take that to mean that we would not want to create a perception that we were we were not that we were somehow stacking the deck like, you know, in, in ways uh, against the others who are, we're trying to have a collaborative process with. And so for that reason alone, perception, it, it, it allows us to be more neutral in, 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 the, in, in being part of this membership that we didn't actually choose the other members in the group. So I think that for just from the political wise within the group itself, if we have, a, a, you know, a process where they're basically outsiders, <laughs> Who have a vested interest as well, who 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 have not been sitting on this board, but are also community members who are who have perhaps talked, like uh, uh, board member Miner mentioned, who have other uh, who could who could bring other perspectives into the discussion that we that we haven't had present. Those are all benefits to this group, and so actually it would be it would give it more uh, legitimacy 
for it, it to be processed through the commission. So that's why I don't think that the, the board should be the one selecting the members. And I understand that that causes um, strain and it lengthens time that this is involved, but I think legitimacy and, and everyone feeling like that there's a possibility for a good outcome that's balanced will help us in the long run. Seeing what's happened over the past two years, which has been frustrating, but that's that's my that's my take. Board member Littleton. This board member Littleton, I have a question for Brandon um, regarding this. Would it be reasonable, or is it just that we just have to let it flow as it's going to go? Would it be reasonable to put some kind of a, a timeline in there? I think that's what we're asking for is just to move that along for the five member being selected. But that's all I would ask is, if not, then maybe we just have to live through that and convey that to them that that's what we'd like. Yes, uh, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, I've been thinking about the same thing too, Stephanie. Um, and my thought is, um, you know, there is the section 10 project milestones, which tries to provide just kind of a high level um, uh, overview of the, you know, what we'd see as the calendar um, task force convenes, you know, we, we might be able to communicate about that in this section um, or, or it may be worth putting a statement back in, in the other section. Sorry, I'm scrolling around like crazy here. Um, but, you know, just to point out to the commission, um, you know, upon the commission's vote of approval of this uh, project charter um, or this proposal, uh, we would want to convene, you know, this group within one month or, you know, two months, whatever sounds like a, a reasonable timeline. Of course, we'll still need to get a, um, a facilitator under contract, which shouldn't take too terribly long. Um, but I think probably about a one one month timeline uh, to get, uh, you know, the community members appointed, get a facilitator on, under contract and line schedules up. Uh, it seems like a reasonable timeline to accomplish all that. The only, but the only oh, sorry, add, yeah, just to add one more thought is that we'll be doing all of this over the summer. Um, and so, you know, that may, uh, I know everybody's got family commitments and uh, travel schedules probably all lined up for the summer. So that may throw a little bit of a wrench um, just depending on uh, some of those variables for each individual. Thank you, Board Member Miner. Uh, this is Board Member Miner. Um, yes, I think that's a, uh, what everyone has stated is, is good comments. Uh, but I think that, and along with that, I think that as long as we put something in front of the City Commission that says, and give them an expectation from our point of view, because it sounds like uh, we're being put under the light of a sense of urgency in, or in order to get other things done, then we would be able to say, if if you want, to, if the city commission wants to make these choices, uh, here's the timeline that we need to have. But at the same time, we talk, we we show that we're moving forward with other actions while that while these board members are being selected, so that we don't fall so far behind. And I think that we could pick out some of those uh, actions where it doesn't really need to maybe or 
uh, have to have the additional five members to go along there or it'll be easier to go back and do some tweaking on that. Uh, but I think it, it is within our, within our uh, fairness to give them a, a timeline if they, because we don't want to, you know, make a recommendation and then they say, no, we don't like that. Like I've been hearing in this meeting, this way we, uh, we put our viewpoint and we get their viewpoint and we move along. Thank you. My, my take board member Mishra. So two things. First, am I hearing enough agreement that A should go away? Raise of hands or yes, no, anything? Good, good. Okay, so A should go away, Brandon. We are back to the original. And now to the original. I I, I want to give the commission its whatever. And as I said, I'm repeating myself. If they think this is an important thing to do, they will act quickly. If they think this is not on their burner issue, then our role is advisory. I keep coming back to it. We have said we can work and we have shown that we can work fast, but I believe it. I would not put any sentence to say, do it quick. Hmm. Board Member Santos. I would also point out though, when you say that we are an advisory board, that that does not preclude this group from saying to the elected officials, expediency has been identified in the public as a significant issue and that failure to be expedient, that is for years, people are saying, what do you guys do? You do nothing, you know, and what are you going to do? And when are you going to do it? Being an advisory board does not mean not telling them what we think they should do. Any other thoughts? Any other areas for comment or discussion? Are we? Are, we are you talking about the document itself, Sanjay? Yes. Now we wanted to move on. So okay. any other discussion on this before we move on? No. So go. Go board member Santos. I have a uh, comment and maybe Brandon or someone else knows where it would fit. But I am of the opinion that in the process of this work group, task force, whatever it's being called, that there be identified an opportunity for every member of the police department, whatever their particular uh, schedule is, that they be afforded the opportunity to at least speak to the board. I mean, these are the people that this board 
overseas from the standpoint of if there's an issue, you know, of all the people in the city that deserve an opportunity to be heard if they have thoughts, there should be something in this document identifying that the community members that serve as members of the police will be given an opportunity on at least two dates, so because some of them work nights, to be able to be heard what they think about the board's efforts to try to be as effective in the community as possible. So I don't, I didn't see that in here, but I would recommend that there be something like that. A discussion, any, I, I agree with that suggestion that given that they are the critical component of this execution, we should afford them the opportunity to come and just like we are doing for everybody in the community, but they can do it as a community member. Here you are trying to parcel them out as a, as a group. So, yeah, board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, I think that's an item for the task force in terms of how they decide to structure the input. So I, so I don't know if we want to dictate how that granular for the task force, or do we feel like that's covered within their uh, charge? But that activity could happen under their charge. Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, that's exactly my point. You know, I don't want the work group or board to have the ability to ignore that. I want them to see that in the work group document that it was pointed out to them that these members of the police department should be entitled to an opportunity to be heard. And that will probably go as far as any action to make sure that it seems like a credible effort. So the idea that there might be the opportunity or the granularity in the process, in my opinion, is unacceptable. So, okay, I, I, so the, this is board member Mishra, where we, I think, Michael, you are suggesting an edit is under, on page five, public engagement, second paragraph, first And at this point, what we have said, what they have said is, direct stakeholders and they put police leadership, Lawrence Association, but then we can add members of the community and the police force. Correct. If that is, yes. Brandon, you see where the edit can go? And so after this, so just before the period here, after the bracket, after, no, I will leave that after that bracket, I would say, and the community and the Lawrence police force. Community members, Lawrence community members, and the Lawrence police force. Gotcha. Next 
explicitly. So would that be reasonable, Board Member Santos? Yes, I think that's uh, a great place to put it. And short enough that it's not emphasizing anything other than participation. Or the and members of the Lawrence Police Force, yeah. Yeah. How do the others feel about that? Go ahead, board member Minor. This is board member Minor. I agree with that. Uh, what is written in green here on that statement? This is any, any other comments? Yeah, Brandon, you wanted to yeah. say something? Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. I might I might suggest a, uh, a variation of this that would read. Um, with input uh, from Lawrence community members and members of the Lawrence Police Department, uh, because the you know, this sentence is trying to descri describe the collaboration among the work group and the stakeholders in the work group. And I think what uh, Board Member Santos is, is talking about is uh, gaining additional input uh, for that collabor that collaboration. Um, as opposed to in inviting every community member or every member of the Lawrence Police Department to sit at the table with the work group and collaborate with them. <laughs> so, so, Brendan, this is board member Mishra. I look at it, I go back to IEP. Yes. The draft that you have and take a look at collaborate. Collaboration uh, under IAP is, a, is an extremely high bar. <laughs> That's what we are striving for because I thought you did consult and involve earlier. So um, the the proposal calls for more of in, in terms of public participation, a a, cons, a consultation uh, process um, or an, an involved process. Um, what we're talking about with the work group itself is a collaborative process with those direct stakeholders. Um, that are listed above. I look at this board member Mishra. I look at the stakeholders as the community members and the police force, not the officers. That not the the association officers or the leaders. And that's why I I am back to what uh, Michael said: is we need explicitly say that these people should be part of the process. Board Member Santos and then come to Board Member Littleton. Yes, uh, Board Member Santos, I absolutely agree with Sanjay, you know, that whether any of them care to speak or want to be heard, the most important thing in my mind is as members of the community that they have this opportunity that the chief says to them, guess what guys, you're going to have an opportunity on two occasions to let this work group have some idea of what you think. You know, no differently than if there is a person out there unrelated to the PD that there are members of the community, let's hear what they have to say, or at least give them the chance. 
Board Member Littleton. This board member, Stephanie Littleton. So I understand that this document, this charter is for a collaboration process. I also understand what Sanjay, you and Michael are wanting. And I think that is definitely something that we want to consider and should be considered for their input and who would like to give input. But I don't know that it's necessarily for this document in the place where we're looking at. I think it's down or up from where Brandon is right now, where he was typing in. But I, I go back to what Marie brought up as far as giving it the charge towards the task force to talk about, because part of that task force is going to be, you know, where are we getting all the input? And I think that getting their input is definitely important. I think it's a great point. It, I don't know that it goes in this document, though. At least not in in this space. Because once again, we're trying to do a collaborative, can't bring everybody in. Um, bring Board member oh, Sorry, 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 Stephanie. Nope, you're, you're Go fine. Ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. Board member Taylor. I remember Murray Taylor. I think that Brandon's uh, um, proposed edit to say input does not it does not exclude them from from the task force from deciding to to take a more comprehensive uh, uh, take on that kind of level of involvement. And so, what my concern is that is that that we just being the board don't get too far ahead of what we think the task force should be doing because the whole point of having the task force is to bring all these other voices who then kind of drive the process as well which is what we were accused of of being you know of not bringing in enough voices so if we if we dictate to specifically what we think the public engagement process should be or the outcomes or anything like that and we don't and we we don't have the language be more open uh in terms of what they could possibly decide then yeah then again, it looks like again, like we're 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 driving the process even in, as we form this task force. Like our our fingerprints are all over it. So that's why I think if we say comma input from the Lawrence community members and members of the police department, it doesn't it doesn't exclude that effort. But again, it's because if we start to dictate too much about what the task force can do, then we might as well just not have the task force and they'll say that you you you've 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 basically designed the outcome that you want. That's my concern. So anything that keeps us more open and, and allows for you know for thoughts or perspectives that we haven't even um, thought about would be good. Then I won't feel so bad that we're taking so long because then we don't know, we haven't shut off possibilities of, of different outcomes. Yes, um, again, I don't have any issue with how it's written or the additional language as long as it's identified that when we're talking about the Lawrence community members that we want it to be known that the very people who are the subject of all of this are also part of the membership. And that is not presupposing what the work of this group is. It's simply saying, as we said about Lawrence community members, that the members include the Lawrence Police Department. And I think that goes a long way to making sure that it doesn't appear that somehow they're just an entity that is subject to whatever the 
uh, board or commission comes up with from the standpoint of we don't care. We do care. They're members, and that's all I care about. The language looks good to me either way, as long as that members of the Lawrence PD are in there. So I, this board member, Mishra, I see a sense that Brendan, your edit with input will work. Any comments? Any other comments on the document before we pass it on? Are we ready to then say this is good? This is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. I just want to go back and just make sure um, was there agreement? Uh, under uh, Section 5 Task Force Membership to keep uh, this additional language? Or um, I, it, in, in my mind, it wasn't completely resolved before we moved on. So, so we're good with the language. Is, yeah, back to that. Do we want to give a direction or advice to the commission? I I thought that this is board member Santos. I thought that the general consensus was that was not necessary. Yeah. That, that was my feeling that these are responsible people. They will make the best decision for us. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for bringing that up. Any other questions you have, Brandon, for us? Um, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, I, not a question. Well, it, it may be if you want to discuss it, but um, I, we did the drafting committee. We kind of struggled with, you know, should this be, should we use the language of task force or the language of work group? Um, and I think, uh, especially um, Board Member Salvini's comments um, landed with me that uh, work group would probably be uh, better um, terminology. So I will, if it's okay, I'll go back after this meeting and. Um, just do a probably find replace uh, for for um, to swap out those terms. Thank you, Brandon. Board members, this is board member Mishra. Any other comments, edits? And in the edited form, are we ready to approve it? Can somebody make a motion? Yes, board member Miner. Uh, I hate to like to go back though. We, we talked about, we removed a statement uh, regarding a timeline uh, that our expectation on the city commission. And from what I heard, uh, the other members think that we want to let them set the stage for that, how long they want to work with that. No. The problem I hear with, the problem I have with that is we still are under pressure uh, to get things done. We, it would be a very problematic if we're saying we still don't have the people from the uh, uh, city commission yet or things like that. I think it's within our right to say if we want to have five, five additional members, we will need them by this particular time frame. I think that's just, I would hate to uh, 
uh, have that conver that back and forth conversation uh, with the city commission on when we're going to get these people if we don't uh, give some input on when we need to have them, if or or if we need to have them. But if it's decided by the group that uh, we want to let them set the timeline for that, uh, that's fine with me. But I just think we could be running into some trouble if we don't at least give our recommendation on how soon those uh, five members need to be uh, working with us. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, perhaps we don't need to put that explicitly in the document, but when it's presented, that could be stressed and provide, and perhaps the presenter could provide the, the like uh, ideal time frame. Is that a reasonable request, Brandon? But I was going to offer the exact same thought. So yes, yeah, I, I think uh, when this is presented to the commission. Um, you know, part of the message will be time is of the F time is of the essence. We need to get moving on this as soon as possible. So, and, and I do believe the commission will be uh, very responsive to that. Um, obviously, they've been paying attention to the work of the board, and um, I think the drafting of this proposal. And and to be honest, it, it would surprise me if some of them haven't already started thinking about who they might appoint if um, if the recommendation is to do so. Thank you, Brandon. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Anybody? We have questions you guys have. I don't want to shut off discussion, but then I would request a motion to move this on. Yes, Board Member Taylor. Board Member Murray Taylor, do we have to take public comment, call for public comment on this at all? I'm just. Yes, that, that is generally how um, we would proceed is uh, after the board's discussion, take public comment, and then discussion would return back to the board uh, for any additional feedback or a motion. So be the guide, Brandon. What's next? Uh, public comment would be next, and I'm not. Alex is there. Alex is Alex. coming off video. Yeah. So, do I request public comment? Yes. Yes, that would be appropriate to do at this point. And I should read the thing again. No, there's no need to read it again. Okay. Um, so. Uh, Yes, um, Alex, if you would like, if you have a comment, now would be a good time to uh, go ahead and unmute, unmute yourself. Thank you, Alex. Uh, uh, thank you uh, for recognizing me. Um, well, uh, I'm going to continue to say this, and I would like to thank all the board members who understand that the community is very impatient about this, and this needs to, like, go. It needs to hurry up because I know we've been on this for how long? Almost two years. Um, and I, I think that this motion should be approved. I'll say that simply 
approve this emotion. Do anything. Let's just get this done. Uh, thank you. That's all I have. Thank you, Mr. Is Mr. Iravi there? Hearing nothing. Brandon? And we have no additional public comment from the gallery. So thank you. So yes, I think uh, unless there's further discussion among the board members, I think uh, a motion would be appropriate at this point. Okay. May I request a motion? Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, I'd move to approve the uh, draft document as edited, as directed by the board and uh, so effectively uh, done and accomplished by Brandon. I have a second. I need a second. Thank you, Board <laughs> Lilton. A motion. So, Brandon, you got the wording of the motion, right? Yes, uh, I've worded the motion um, to approve the draft work group proposal as edited by the board. Thank you. Is that reasonable, Board Member Santos? Board Member Santos, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And so we have a motion by board member Santos, a second by board member Littleton. Any discussion? So we are ready to vote then. Board member Minor. This is board member Minor. I approve. Board member Salvini. Board member Salvini, I approve. Board member Littleton. Board member Littleton, approve. Board member Santos. Board member Santos, aye. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, aye. Board member Mishra, aye. 6-0, the motion passes. Thank you, everybody. The next item on the agenda is policies and training related to bias-based policing, use of force and other related topics. Who's going to, who's the owner of this? Yes. Sorry, just one moment. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. So I think that item actually leads into item. This is Police Chief Rich Lockhart. Oh, I think I think that actually Police Chief acknowledging. Sorry, I didn't see you, so I I missed acknowledging you. Thank you for being <laughs> with us. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I think item number two actually leads into number three with the individualized items. So if you would like, I can go into number three. Fine. Good. Board Member Santos. Board member Santos, I would only note that uh, the chief's uh, approach of going into three is fine. I did have 
an issue that I wanted to bring up under that general. I think this is a carryover from last month, and yes, which we never got to. Oh. And I just have one comment I wanted to make, but the chief should proceed. Thank you. Chief, the floor is yours. Okay, are we on to number three or are we still on number two? Three, okay. Uh, so you have in your packet the annual use of force report. This is something that's done annually. And uh, one of the things that I will be starting to do is share these kinds of reports with you as the uh, Community Police Review Board. Uh, typically, these are just published uh, on our website and you all just kind of receive them the way everyone else does. So you're receiving this first. This will be something that we will continue to do, sort of like we're doing with the monthly complaint report. So I want to call attention to some of the things in this report and then give you an opportunity to ask some questions. Um, we did make a couple of changes to our use of force policy regarding the use of force options. Um, we were reporting an addition of deadly force other than firearm and then also changing language uh, to reflect injuries seen by a physician to be more encompassing of when there are injuries to change that to any technique or physical force resulting in a visible or apparent substantial injury. So that would cover a situation where somebody had an injury, didn't want to go see a physician under the old policy, we wouldn't have had to have reported that. So we changed that to um, uh, create more reporting and accountability when we use force. I also wanted to point out training. Uh, proactively each schedule in-service training session during 2021 covered topics related to the use of force accompanied by policy review and training and strategies to decrease the intensity of situations, um, reducing the need for force, increasing voluntary compliance and sound decision-making, which includes de-escalation. We do that through training with classroom instruction and scenario-based training. And I can say as after having completed this year's training, that same thing took place. I also want to call attention to how infrequently force is used. So we had 75,900 calls. That doesn't measure every contact, so those are just the calls. So this is still, number will still be on the high side. We used force 21 times on 14 different people. If you do the math on that, that is 0.02%. Um, let me just repeat that, 0.02%. That is an extremely low number of instances of use of force. The demographics, I also want to call attention to that as it is not disproportionate to the members in our community. Eight of those 14 individuals that uh, had force used on them were white males. One was a white female, two black males, two Native American males, one Native American female. So predominantly male, predominantly white. Additionally, the age range was from 26 years old to 50 years of old. 50 years old. Um, you have uh, at the last couple of pages uh, give you a little more information about each uh, encounter. So I will stop there and offer an opportunity for you to ask questions. Are there any questions by the chief? Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos. Chief, I can't tell from reading this particular document, but is there a definition of use of force? I mean, from the standpoint of when you put handcuffs on someone or, I mean, how do the officers know when they are triggering this use of force report? Mark, would you have, uh, Lieutenant Unruh is gonna pull up the policy and give us the exact definition. It might take me a minute. It might take us a minute. So if we wanna 
Uh, I want to ask the another next, quick clarification question, question Chief Board Member Mishra. So I saw employee assessment of citizen condition. I had to clean my neck, but that's okay. Uh, so how is that done? Because I see alcohol in mentally unstable is most commonly used there. Can you repeat that again? How does the officer, so I'm looking at the UOF employee assessment of CIT, I would assume is citizen condition, that column. Oh, you're on the spreadsheet. Okay, I'm looking at the yes. narrative, so. Okay. Uh, let's see, use of force, disposition. The assessment. You're talking about the use of force, the employee assessment of the citizen's condition. Yes. It's, it's an observation. It's not, so, it's just, it's a, a data point that we co collect. So it's not like a clinical definition. It's not a, a medical diagnosis. It just provides us some additional information when we're assessing the uh, reasonableness of the use of force. So they feel this person is alcohol. Yeah, you, can, so you they, can smell an odor of alcohol or you know from your training that somebody is under the influence of narcotics. Same with mentally unstable. You know from your training that somebody is not behaving in a rational manner or they're in psychosis. Well, there are also several where they're unknown. There was three of them where they were noted that it was, or five of them where they were unknown. So if they don't know, um, they're not going to report it. It's just when it's obvious they'll report that. Because that does have a bearing on whether we're using force or not. Um, if somebody's uh, not in a reasonable state of mind, which when they're under the influence of alcohol or drugs in psychosis, they're not able to um, comprehend things or maybe process things the way a rational person would. So that helps us understand that interaction better. Okay. Uh, board member Minor and board member Santos next. Uh, yes, uh, when you're uh, police chief, are you talking about in the police policy manual 300.1 and 301.1 regarding the definitions of use of force or are you using some other document? Uh, Ch police chief Rich Lockhart, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. McGuire's pulled it up and so it's right here. Um, so we've got several de definitions. Deadly force is that which would uh, reasonably anticipate it and intended to create a substantial likelihood of causing death or very serious injury. Um, force is the application of physical techniques or tactics, chemical agents or weapons to another person. Um, it's not the use of force when a person allows himself or herself to be searched, escorted, handcuffed, or restrained. So that's the definition we use uh, when we talk about using force. Board Member Santos. Uh, Board Member Santos. Chief, uh, I certainly understand uh, the language of that particular section. My question is, what do you consider it when, if you had an officer that every time they made a traffic stop, they pulled their weapon on a person or they pulled the, out their taser, you know, what is that from the standpoint of giving you some insight into the possibility or likelihood of a actual discharge and use of force? Do you try to track that in some fashion? If an officer 
uh, pulls his weapon and points it at the citizen. Is that an issue that you try to track? It's it's not something that we track. We haven't uh, observed that to be an issue of something that we need to track. And it's really difficult to track. Um, I've never been a part of a police department that tracks uh, weapon pulls. If I could follow up, Chief, yes. is it not correct though that if you have uh, a citizen from a citizen standpoint, the idea of an officer being so nervous or un uh, sure of themselves that they feel compelled every time they approach someone on a traffic stop that they're pointing a uh, handgun at the person. Is that not important from the standpoint of understanding what's going on with your officer? Do they not have a obligation to at least tell their supervisor, look, I feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable without pulling my weapon. I, I, again, that's a hypothetical situation. It's not anything that we've observed here. Um, I, I don't know that we have anyone in our department that would fit into that category, so I can't really speak intelligently to it. Um, I can say that our officers in the course of their duties, if they were struggling, they would uh, most likely be reflected in their performance and that we would note that and take whatever corrective actions we would need to take. And finally, Chief, if you could, if you're comfortable doing this, I am confident that there is a vast majority, a vast amount of, of data out there on a relationship to the number of times an officer pulls their weapon and the issues related to uh, the community complaining about it. You know, that if you just counted how many of your community complaints were, well, he pulled his weapon on me unnecessarily. You know, can you look into that? This is Police Chief Rich Lockhart. I'm not aware of us ever receiving such a complaint, so it would be difficult to look into. I can tell you from my experience in Kansas City, officers uh, pull weapons and point weapons more than they did when I was in Warrensburg. Uh, so a lot of it's the nature of the community. We aren't pulling weapons nearly as much here in Lawrence as you would in a larger city because we don't have those situations. So officers are only pulling weapons when they're uh, in a situation where they would be uh, faced with potentially using deadly force. So the idea that we, we would pull weapons on a traffic stop unnecessarily, I think is really unfounded. And I don't think you would see any of that happening here. Chief, I would disagree with you. I've seen many instances in many police departments where particularly inexperienced officers, because they haven't gained confidence in their tactical experience, unnecessarily do that. And the citizens complain about it. I mean, it's not an unusual thing. And again, I'd ask if you could check into it. Yeah, I, uh, Police Chief Rich Lockhart, um, I, I've not seen that. I've been uh, a police officer for 32 years and the officers go through here 16 weeks of field training. Uh, we emphasize in that training the proper use of firearms and proper use of force. And we would see something like that, I believe, during that 16 weeks. Um, once they're completed with that training, they're well prepared to be able to um, go out on the streets and use that firearm properly. Uh, we've not had any complaints. Um, if we had, we would certainly look into to those and and look at uh, that officer's performance to see if that was something that was indicative of a problem. This is assistant, uh, assistant City Manager Brandon Ware. I just want to make sure the board members understand, Chief. So when you say 16 weeks, is that the uh, patrol training officer period? 
Right. You want to talk a little bit about that program? Yeah, so uh, Chief Rich Lockhart again. So the officers go through, um, right now, they go through a 14-week training period um, in the academy. And in that during that time frame, they learn when it's appropriate to pull a firearm and when it's not. We get them back here after that, and we do 16 weeks of field training where they're with an experienced officer, and they're actually handling calls, doing traffic stops. Those points are, again, emphasized. Um, those officers are evaluated daily, and if they have performance issues like inappropriate uses of force, then those are addressed during the training. If those things aren't able to be overcome, then we would not keep them as employees. So in Kansas City, it was frequent that we would have officers in a situation like what you're describing, Mr. Santos, and they would not be retained as employees. We don't have anyone here that has an issue with inappropriate uses of force, especially involving the firearm. We've not received any complaints like that. So it's it's a situation where we're speaking about a hypothetical and while there may be um, data somewhere else, I've not seen data to that, that regard, but we don't have that as an issue here that within the Lawrence Police Department. And, and Assistant City Manager, Brandon, just one more question for the Chief. Um, you. You want to talk about the level of training, um, maybe like annual training or, or um, repetitive training for traffic stop situations? Yeah, so our in-service training this year, we had um, a two-hour block that focused on traffic stops and the appropriate use of force in a traffic stop. Um, we went through uh, six different scenarios. Um, most of those scenarios didn't result in any use of force at all. Um, we also then trained for a, a couple hours on our firearms and the proper use of that, the proper use of that force. And so it's something we train on several times a year. It's something that's reinforced also um, in some of our daily training bulletins that we get through Lexapol. So um, we're constantly training on that. We're constantly aware of that. Supervisors are out there watching officers, checking in with them after high-risk calls to make sure that force was used appropriately. And then lastly, um, we, we do have the complaint process. So if someone felt, feels like um, a member of our department used force inappropriately, they can avail themselves of that process and we can look into it in more detail. Yeah. And this is Assistant. I, I yeah. saw a hand, board member Minor. Uh, this is board member Minor, uh, Chief Lockhart. Uh, when, you, when, an, uh, when your department reviews the dash cam footage, uh, would it be fair to say that you don't look at that look at use that as a criteria to uh, investigate when an officer maybe goes for his gun? Uh, is that would that be fair to say, or do you look at everything and record everything in that aspect? Chief Rich Lockhart, um, are you asking if the the video system is triggered by a weapon pull? No, I, I'm asking. Uh, this is board member minor. I'm asking when you all review, say like an officer's uh, a situation, do you look at all of the aspects of when he gets out of the car, how he approaches the individual, things like that and records what you consider key data that could make a uh, individual feel uneasy? And if that one of those is uh, pulling their gun or reaching for their gun? Chief Rich Lockhart, um, again, anytime we use force, we're going to review that, and that would include a review of all of the data that we have, whether that's patrol video, the officer's written reports, um, and body camera video. So, yes, we will look at all of that whenever we have a, a use of force. Do you, do you want to talk about the review panel? 
Yeah, so anytime we have, um, oh, Chief Rich Lockhart, uh, anytime we have a use of force, we have a use of force review committee. And the purpose of that is to one, ensure that the use of force was appropriate. Um, the other part of that is to make sure that um, we identify any training issues that may have come up. So maybe the use of force was appropriate, but maybe uh, there's a, a better technique that we could train the officers to ensure that um, they are handling things the way they should in the most efficient way. And then lastly, we look for also um, equipment needs or policy revisions that might be uh, generated from that use of force. Every single use of force gets reviewed by that board. Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos. Chief, um, the question that I'm really trying to get to is, and I heard you say we don't have officers that unnecessarily uh, uh, draw their weapons because they've been trained when they should and they shouldn't. But if someone complained to you and said, look, that's crazy. I didn't do anything. He pulled his weapon on me. My kids were in the car. Is that from your point of view a issue concerning use of force as to hey, did he follow this or not? You know, I mean, I'm just saying that isn't that an issue in these uh, complaints as to, oh, he did pull his weapon, but should he have pulled his weapon? Police Chief Rich Lockhart, um, if we did receive a complaint, uh, as you described, we would look at all of those aspects of it to determine whether or not it was an appropriate use of force. Okay, thank you. Chief, I have a follow-up question and I know I think you said I know what the answer is but just wanted to confirm the 14 uses of force is there an officer dominance in this or this is one two one two done uh, police chief Rich Lockhart I do not have it uh, by individual officer I can get that for you um, I, I would imagine if there was a problem that would have been identified uh, but I cannot I don't have that information available to me right now something that uh, I heard Mr. Santos and Mr. Minor also pointing to is, is what if, if that were something that if, if we had a single, so in our IA Pro and Blue Team, we have what we call early warning indicators and the use of force system is within that. So we would get notified through that if we had an officer who was engaging in multiple uses of force within a defined time frame. We're still tweaking those indicators, but I'm, I'm fairly confident, even though I don't have the exact, all the information, that we don't have an officer who's used uh, force excessively on multiple instances because it would have triggered an alert in that system. I was expecting that answer. Just wanted to confirm. Thank you. Yes. Any other questions on the use of force? And I know I have to be cognizant we are to the dreaded or the anointed hour. My other two things should go much quicker. Uh, this is Chief Rich Lockhart again. So we've started collecting monthly our community engagement. Um, this is again another report that you'll receive monthly. Uh, this is the first iteration of it. So um, there's not a lot of detail because we just started tracking how many events. And so I just want to call your attention to that. So I, I know we had talked about it and my only comment on this community engagement would be for us to know how many of it is 
the police department initiative and how many of it is the community requested engagement and what's the general mix of the people at these community events so that we are going to all kinds to the entire community rather than a section i'll note that uh board member uh Misha for next time uh it's a mix of both as far as what we're initiated and what we're invited to. Um, and then it, it's across all communities. So that may be a little harder to track, but we'll track it as well as we can. Okay, I, um, I say that because it'll give the community more confidence that you are proactively doing this. Thank you. Any other? Tanya, you had a question? I, I did, I do. Um, so is there a community engagement plan and criteria for that you've set to to um, then engage? Uh, this is Police Chief Rich Lockhart. Um, we will go to anything we're asked to go to. Um, we are trying to, this is sort of our getting back out there. Uh, we've got for this summer, we're going to use our school resource officers as our community engagement team under the direction of uh, Lieutenant Grady. And they're going to be working on a number of different things. So we don't have a formal plan yet. Uh, and this reporting doesn't uh, recognize, doesn't uh, reflect a formal plan. These are things that we engage in uh, because either officers elect to, we get invited to them, or they're interested in them. Uh, this summer will be a little bit more intentional about it and getting out there with our, our three school resource officers. And uh, we'll be reporting back to you some of those things as well. Part of it will be just seeing what works too, because we've it's been a couple of years since we've been out there. So um, we want to get the most bang for our buck. And so those things that work, we'll, uh, we'll keep doing those things that aren't working. We'll uh, find another way to engage. Any other questions for the chief on civic engagement, community engagement? Police Chief Rich Lockhart, if I might, one last thing also. This is one of the six questions that I'm asking all the officers in individual meetings is, what's the best way for us to connect with our community? Um, I believe that the best way for us to build trust is to be out in our community and get to know them, let them get to know us in a positive way. And so this is part of our plan for increasing community trust. Okay. I think, Chief, we are on to our complaints. We only have one complaint to report to you this month. Um, so, and I'm sorry, it's Chief Rich Lockhart again. Um, this report won't be the same that you'll get every month. Um, last month, as you know, it was the first time we've ever reported complaints to you. So I reported them for January, February, and March. Um, I only made a verbal report. So there was a request to have that summary put in here. That summary is now in there for year to date through April. So going forward, we'll just give you the month that uh, that is appropriate. We won't summarize the whole year. So this month we only had, for April, we only had one complaint. This was a complaint that came up during the uh, championship parade. And uh, that's sort of the context of what was happening there. There was a disturbance. The officers handled the, the disturbance, had to get back into the parade because that's where their primary duties were. They couldn't stop and be drawn away. But they did notify an officer to go take a report. Um, so the initial officer didn't take a report. The complaint was, um, about that. Once the person was told the situation, they understood. And so we exonerated the complaint because um, the officer was on another assignment and would, would not have been able to take the complaint. 
And I'll be happy to answer any questions you might have about that one or any of the others for those of you that weren't here last week or last month. Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, I was here last month and I just wanted to tell you, Chief, that individuals unsolicited have told me that they were very impressed that you have started this reporting out of these complaints and having made this special effort, in my opinion, to be transparent and that the community, at least those that speak to me, are very appreciative. So thank you. Police Chief Rich Lockhart, uh, you're welcome. And uh, this was one of the reasons that I was hired when I was hired to come here is to try and improve the relationship between the police and the community. And uh, these are some of the things that we're doing to make sure that that happens. And uh, I appreciate your recognition of those efforts. Any other questions for the Chief? Thank you, Chief, very much for being here with us. Thank you. Now, if I go back to the agenda, where is my agenda? Brendan, help me please with the agenda. Yeah. No? Yes. Uh, so, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, um, for the fourth item tonight, uh, this will just take a moment, I think. Um, but. Uh, I believe we are ready to um, go to return to in-person meetings with the board. Um, so I just wanted to check the assumption um, that uh, the board members would like to return to in-person. Um, we will continue to maintain the Zoom uh, option for any member of the public um, or in the, in the event that a board member is unable or uncomfortable attending in person, they could attend that way as well. Um, but um, we, if, uh, if the board agrees, I'll go ahead and um, get the logistics in place to make sure we can start meeting in person uh, beginning with the June meeting. Um, and uh, we'll continue uh, continue working down that path. Um, the only other question that I had was just about the venue. Um, we are somewhat limited in that we need to be able to um, be set up uh, decently for audio and video on Zoom. Uh, but um, I have thought about, and I think some others uh, on the staff have thought a little bit about other places that we could meet, other locations than the city commission chambers. Um, the chambers are open um, and we, we can conduct the meetings here in person. Um, I think the way it'll probably work is the board members will sit behind us at the dais. Um, so just logistically that, that becomes a little bit uh, tricky as you know, uh, the chief and I will con you know, be turning around to look and, and talk and engage with you all. Um, and I also think that there's, you know, there's some considerations about the formality of the, the commission chambers um, as well. Uh, and so we do have other city facilities such as our parks and rec centers. Um, our police facility actually has a very nice meeting space, very good Zoom setup. Um, but I, uh, some of our other uh, more community-based facilities um, like the Holcomb Rec Center, East Lawrence Rec Center, for example, uh, are sometimes good locations to accommodate these public meetings. So uh, if there's any thoughts about that, um, feel free to uh, engage um, here before the end of the meeting or shoot me um, your thoughts by email. Uh, just don't copy other board members on those and, and I can work off of whatever feedback I get. Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, Brandon, 
So if one of the board members is out of town, what is the city's policy concerning that member joining by phone or otherwise? Yes, that is perfectly acceptable. In, 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 in fact, um, uh, Commissioner Sellers, uh, City Commissioner Sellers had to join the City Commission meeting uh, by Zoom because she's out in Washington, D.C. Uh, on business. Um, so uh, this last Tuesday, she participated fully in the City Commission meeting by Zoom. Thank you. Hmm? Board Member Minor. Uh, this is Board Member Minor. I'm for having it at the uh, City Hall. Uh, where you all are out there. Maybe you all can sit on the other side or something like that. Yeah. I understand it. It, it. it would make it a little bit difficult neck-wise to be looking at the different screens, but I, I, I've always liked the venue at the uh, City Commission area. Any other comments? And if something comes up, you know where Brandon is, so you yes easily get in touch with him. Exactly. So, so hearing no other uh, uh, comments, we'll go ahead and proceed on um, scheduling the next meeting for um, in person. And again, those members okay. who need to attend by by Zoom can do so, but uh, everybody's welcome to attend in person, and we'll make sure that we're all set up to accommodate that meeting format here. Board member Littleton. This board member Littleton, I just wanted to ask before we close out, just to make sure I understand our Brandon, our next steps on the project charter. Yes, a hey, good question. <laughs> um, so, so I will schedule this for uh, the first available city commission agenda. I believe that would be. Um, let's see, we were doing the math mm -hmm. on that the other day. I think the second meeting of June. Um, let's see, the. Yes, it would be June 7th. So so I believe we'd be able to get it on uh, the June 7th agenda. Um, I need to just double check that with the city clerk and city manager. Um, and I'll, I'll communicate back with the board members just as soon as we um, we figure out exactly which agenda it will be on. But uh, we'll definitely push it through the agenda process as quickly as, po as, as possible. No, go Stephanie. This is board member Littleton again. I, just to, for some transparency to the board, um, I've been communicating by email with uh, the chief and Brandon the last couple of days um, in thought and theory of, you know, we've come a long way in three and a half years of trying to get to kind of where we're at now and getting this task force or this work group together. And some of the, and I won't go into this here, but just so we have some transparency that I think Brandon at some point will will share with the, the board, my questions about, I'm kind of stuttering here because I'm trying to think how to put this, but long and short of it is, is once we get to this work group, and this probably will be a point of contention to talk about is, you know, one is what's our role in, in the complaint process and such, and if, we get to have oversight, um, how much does that include? Because we've talked about it a number of times with this board about being able to see the investigative file. Obviously, you know, we've signed a confidentiality agreement with the city. You know, we would not be sharing that because of due process and such. But anyway, I've just kind of opened up that discussion because I was trying to recall where 
we were where we had come from with that um, in order to provide all the, the oversight and being able to speak back to the community you know and, and share our trust that the police department is investigating wholeheartedly and, and such so i just wanted to share just in kind of a high overview that i'm in that conversation um, and once again it may be something that can you know discussion with the, the work group in itself with where we go with with our uh, ordinance and what our role is so yeah and uh, assistant city manager brandon mcguire i i am committed to sharing um our response with the with all the board members uh we're still doing a little bit of research um to be able to respond uh sufficiently to the question so as soon as we um complete our research and share that with uh Board Member Littleton will also share that with all the other board members as well. Yeah, this is Board Member Littleton again. I just, I, I didn't want to really entertain any of that tonight, but I did want the board to know that, you know, I have, you know, our best interests at, at, at hand here about where we go with that. But once again, I do think that's going to be something that for the work group really to probably work through, you know, how does that look at the end of the day, right? Um, but just something that we talked about so much throughout the last several years on this on this board. So I appreciate Chief and Brandon entertaining all of my email back and forth, trying to understand because I've dug through the LPOA MOU and um, trying to get up to speed for the current one um, and read through the personnel um, from the police officer's manual and all of that, trying to understand it. I was like, it's easier just to go ask you. <laughs> so I thank you for your time on that. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Board Member Santos? Um, I had asked, uh, I believe it's item two from last month, that I wanted to raise an issue that I've been trying to raise in some formal fashion. And if each member of the board will take the time to review the bylaws and look at the limitations on the ability of the board to investigate a complaint, you will find that the language in those bylaws says that the board is prohibited from considering the credibility of witnesses. And I, for one, find that essentially making the ability of the board to do a meaningful investigation absolutely useless. If you cannot judge the credibility of a witness, what is the purpose of having an investigation? And I would recommend that the board ask the staff to present an amendment, and I'm not, I don't even remember, and Brandon can tell us who approved those bylaws, I assume it was the commission, to amend that, to remove that provision so that if tomorrow there is an, a uh, complaint and we have to investigate, our hands aren't tied to this idea of, oh, fine, you can look at it, but don't consider the credibility of witnesses. That is inappropriate and nonsensical. And I'd ask that Brandon uh, be asked to draft a 
change to those bylaws and have that approved. So go, go ahead, Board Member Taylor. Board Member Murray Taylor, if I recall correctly, um, that aspect on the credibility is tied into the standard of review. And I think that that's where that's coming from at that. But, but I think that in terms of like, um, this request to Brandon, I think it has to be tied to the city attorney's office because I think there's a, a rationale that is related to the standard of review that's supporting that. Not to say that I'm pleased with it, but I think that uh, the really this is a question for the perhaps the city attorney's office to to look into this question on the bylaws. And if I, this is board member Mishra, if I remember in the device ordinance, we work to take that sentence off. Board member Minor, and then come to your board member Santos. This is board member Minor. Uh, yeah, I think that that falls into a very uh, um, strict limitations. You know, are we being judge and jury on a particular thing? And I think that uh, maybe the level of the board that might make it easier for both sides is we establish a criteria of what we can look at and should look at without a lot of deep detail. Uh, maybe, for example, did the officer um, provide a, was a form provided to the officer, if, if it's this case here, uh, and did he fill it out completely, and uh, did he sign it, things of that nature, but keeping it at a little bit higher level than a very deep-rooted level, but the board would have to determine that and get an agreement by the, by the attorney on how far we can go deep into that. Okay, final, final word, Michael? Yes. Board uh, Member Santos. Yes, two things. One, the most famous case or one of the most famous cases ever come out of the Lawrence Police Department had the issue of, oh, the police department uh, shot my son and the parents are saying he never raised his hand it was purely a matter of whether or not who was credible, because in many cases, all you have is one person saying one thing, another person saying another thing. And I'm not opposed to asking the city attorney to give her opinion as to whether or not that somehow is tied to the uh, form of review. But here's the deal, that review is only tied to what the city commission is saying it is, and that is you don't want the board simply substituting its opinion for that of the police department, that all we are supposed to be doing is reviewing whether or not the police department's decision was supported by competent evidence. But we cannot do that unless we have the ability to judge the credibility of the witness. So if we wanna start with getting uh, the city attorney to explain why they think it should or should not be, I'd be happy to hear that. But right now, I don't believe that the board has the ability to do its business. So thank you, Board Member Santos. I think that's a good point, place to stop and hold this. If we truly want to have a discussion on this, as you have suggested, we should read the bylaws and include it in the agenda items for our, this is May, June meeting. Uh, to facilitate discussion. 
Is that an agreeable solution going forward? I don't want to put a resolution, but I want to say we can discuss it in more detail at our next meeting and we'll make it a specific agenda. This is, yes. board, this is board member Minor. I agree with that mindset that we uh, review the bylaws and we bring that discussion up in June. Yeah, thank you. Any other thoughts? Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor. So I'm, I'm pulled up the bylaws and I think it does tie into the standard of review. So we really do need the, someone from the, one of the attorneys from the city's attorney's office to, to brief on that. So I should have in, intervened earlier and said, we'll pass this on to the city staff to take a closer look at it and report to us in June. My apologies for dragging us into this discussion. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> Vice Chair, if I may, um, Assistant City Manager Brandon, uh, Brandon McGuire, I, I'm happy to um, bring this up with uh, Tony Wheeler and her staff. Um, I will say they are uh, short-staffed for, for the next um, couple of months, uh, and so they may not be able to turn this around in June, but I'll, I'll ask her to um, prioritize it to the best of her ability. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming if it's not prepared in June, then uh, they'll be pre prepared for that discussion in July. Um, and I, I just think I want to give her a chance to kind of review the history um, and prepare her thoughts so that she can, uh, she can um, advise the board uh, sufficiently. So. Thank you, Brendan. Yep. There's no open agenda items, so I need a motion. I'm sorry we went 20 minutes over. I have not been able to <laughs> hold it to our time. And typically, if we went over, we should have had a uh, motion to go these 20 minutes over. So I apologize again to the board members. Yes, board member Taylor. Board member Murray Taylor, make a motion to adjourn. Do I have a second? I see a second from board member Salvini. No trouble getting a second there. It says board member Salvini, I second. Any discussion, anybody? Good. I will start with board member Salvini. Board Any member Salvini, aye. Board member Minor. Board member Minor, aye. Board member Santos. Board member Santos, aye, and thank you for doing a good job tonight, Sanjay. Thank you for that. Board member Littleton. Board member Littleton, aye. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, aye. Board member Mishra, aye. 6-0. Brandon and Chief, thank you for being there. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alex. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sanjay. Thank you, Stephanie. Bye-bye.